Galaxians to our final debate of the season. Tonight, we welcome our two candidates who have all pledged to save the LA Galaxy from Grindiscoon Nightmares who turn the five-time MLS Cup champs to victory. I'm your moderator and host for the night, Josh Gessman. Let's get to it. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, and tonight we bring you our first and final debate of the LA Galaxy season, obviously following off the presidential debate that ended just minutes ago, really. Uh, we're going to bring you a debate of the LA Galaxy. We're supposed to have three candidates. We're down to just two after one of our candidates refused to abide by the mute buttons. Uh, so no Sophie tonight, unfortunately. She actually has a migraine, so we're going to give her a pass on that. Uh, but to, hear, or to help us tonight, we have two wonderful candidates, both pledging to do everything they can to make the LA Galaxy what they once were. Uh, we'll start with Larry Morgan. He's the eldest of our two candidates for uh, for, for making the Galaxy success. Uh, his, slogan is, his slogan is, make the galaxy great again. He's from Cleveland, Ohio, and is 105 years old. Larry, welcome to the show. Uh, Eric Vieira is our second candidate. His slogan is, yes, we can, as in, we need a central attacking midfielder, so yes, we can. He's from Westminster, California, 37 years old. Please welcome them both to our program tonight. Thanks, guys. Uh, Eric, uh, your, 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 opening your opening statement uh, for, for joining us here on the podcast tonight, please. Uh, th thank you for hosting this evening, Mr. Guessman. Uh, thank you for your time. I'd like to welcome our fellow Galaxians. Uh, right now, Galaxy Nation is in a sad state of affairs and needs some fixing. And he mentioned it before, and I'll stick with it. Our slogan is, yes, we can. The central attacking midfielder, we've had a hole in that position for quite some time, and it's time to fill that position and make things right again. Yes, we can. We need your votes. Come on out. Let's make the Galaxy great. Wait, no, that's his slogan. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't use this slogan. That's right. All right. And then uh, uh, Mr. Larry Morgan, uh, Larry, uh, in the soccer business for, for years and years and years and then some more years and a couple years after that. Uh, what, what's your opening statement to uh, to all of the, the Galaxy listeners out there? Um, hello. <laughs> uh, first of all, uh, kudos to uh, to Eric for his his fashion sense tonight. I mean, he is, is very impressive. He's making Josh and myself look quite underdressed tonight. Um, but, uh, as far as the galaxy, uh, do we really have to talk about these losers? I mean, my goodness gracious. I mean, wow, wow. what's, what's That's their, what's fire. their to, what's their to debate? They stink. Yeah. Uh, I, I, wow. Well, just, just already setting things off. I'd like to up. remind both of you, like to remind both of you that you are, are not to interrupt each other. Uh, I do have mute buttons. I will use them hey, liberally. I can, whenever I, want to. I can talk whenever I want to. Larry, don't make me come over there and mute you, and you you know it's going to happen. All right. All right. Uh, let's get to our first question. So really, our, our show tonight is that we, I have some questions I prepared. Um, I'll give both of these guys sort of a chance to answer these, and, and obviously we're going to have some fun with this and do it. I will, of course, uh, jump in whenever I feel that I need to jump in as well uh, with just two candidates, luck, not Eric. three. <laughs> we're not three. These guys will probably never get to talk. So we're going to do that, and then we'll also have, have another show for you. We will get you ready for the LAFC game again. All right, let's get into our debate questions. And our first question, uh, this question goes to Mr. Larry Morgan as the elder statesman of the group. Uh, who is to blame for the LA Galaxy's poor results since Bruce Arena's departure? Let me give you some facts. The LA Galaxy are combined 42, 54, and 23 since Bruce Arena left. Uh, the LA Galaxy won 46.4% of the games under Bruce Arena and came away with a point more than 75% of the times under Bruce Arena. So, since his departure, uh, who is to blame for this this ridiculous downturn that we've seen with the LA Galaxy? Well, in my humble and occasionally expert opinion, I believe you have to look at a two-headed monster in the form of Dan Beckerman and Chris Klein. I mean, think of all the think of all the head coaches you guys have gone through since Bruce Arena left. Think of the team's track record since Bruce Bruce Arena left, and who's been in charge of this organization? Dan Beckerman and Chris Klein. I believe they are ultimately responsible for the downturn of this once proud franchise. And unless there is a change at the top, I just don't see how this is going to change anytime soon. I think right. those two uh, are really the guys to blame. Uh, Eric, you're uh, a little bit to do with it too. 
Wow, just thrown in the last minute, uh, last minute thing. Uh, Eric, your your response to the same question: Who's to blame for the LA Galaxy's poor results since Bruce Arena's departure? The person to blame since Bruce Arena's departure is Bruce Arena. Uh, Bruce Arena had an opportunity to go coach the U.S. national team, and he took it. He had already coached the national team. He didn't need to go do that. He didn't need to throw his hat back in the ring. That was not his mess to go fix. He had a perfectly uh, good situation here in Los Angeles. He could have stayed. Uh, you know, possibility could have could have had more power. Could have stayed here. He's still obviously interested in coaching with what he's doing in New England. So this is Bruce's fault. He should have stayed. You know, Bruce could still be here, and the Galaxy could still be working on uh, you know adding to the trophy case. But because he decided to delusionally you know go back to the national team, uh, I blame Bruce. I, and I right. just want to preface Let's... that or, or or tail in that by saying I was told I needed to disagree with Larry. So I went, <laughs> I, I did go off base for a very specific reason. That's all right, though. Um, all right. It makes it Larry, you wanted to follow up? Yes. Yes. I mean, in, in some ways, Eric, I, I do agree with you about, about this being Bruce's fault. But having covered Bruce Arena since he was coach of the Galaxy, particularly his last year coaching the team, I could sense he was growing tired of the situation here. And I think he wanted a new challenge. And I think the national team was desperate. Knowing his track record, I, I believe he just wanted to try something new. And, I mean, I do agree with you that, you know, since <laughs> it is probably his fault, it sure is. It really is. But he just wanted something <laughs> new at, at that time. Yeah. yeah All fair, and, and but if fair, things would be okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if we look at the stats and I went back and pulled some of the stats, which is, is kind of crazy, um, to look at. So the LA galaxy under Bruce arena wore 124 wins, 66 losses and 77 draws. Uh, the loss percentage under Bruce arena was just 24.7%. So the Bruce arena lost less than 25% of the games that he played. And as stated, he got a point for more than 75% of the, uh, of the games that he's in since then. Uh, the LA Galaxy, 42, 54, and 23. They played a total of 119 games, excluding the playoffs. Uh, and with a winning percentage of 35.3% under four head coaches, uh, although you can you can say it's three. Dumb had the interim there for a little bit. But under four head coaches, 35.3% winning percentage, 45.4% losing percentage, and just, a, just walked away with a point or better 54.6% of the time. Uh, having gone through all of those stats, now we look at Guillermo Barrascoloto, who was 21, 24, and 6 during his time with the LA Galaxy. Eric, he was certainly buoyed by a Zlatan Ibrahimovic edition in, uh, in 2018, which he didn't recognize until 2019. So he was in 2019 and 2020. Um, so uh, when it comes to Guillermo Barrascoloto, um, he was supposed to be the answer for the LA Galaxy. Uh, why has he not been the answer? And what needs to happen with Scoloto? Well, uh, it's, it's, I'm glad you mentioned that. I was talking with some constituents earlier today about this very topic So uh, over on Instagram. So I think uh, GBS is partially a blame. Uh, and part of that, why he hasn't been successful is because he hasn't been cooking with his own ingredients. You can tell that he has a very specific style and he has a specific type of player that he wants to have uh, play in that style. So he has been forced, uh, either had players brought in that he doesn't want or has not been able to bring in players due to COVID or due to, you know, other, you know, things that are hampering them. So he's not able to build this team to his likeness. And so because of that, his, he's not successful. Now, um, even though he hasn't been able to build a team exactly how he wanted, again, my dogs are very upset about this. Uh, he hasn't been able to build a team how he wanted. That still doesn't mean that he doesn't get responsibility because I think you could only coach with what's in front of you. And I think there are good coaches you mentioned Bruce Serena, who could maybe take some less talented players and make the most out of them. Uh, maybe, you know, come with a psychological part of it and, you know, try to motivate your players. He seems like GBS right now seems like someone who's out of ideas. The players don't seem to be rallying around him. Uh, just seeing his body language when he walks out on the field, it, you know, when the team scores a goal, there's not that like running to the coach and celebrate. There just doesn't seem to be that, that chemistry and that interaction between the coach and the players. So right now I think, Yes, he's not uh, totally at fault because he doesn't have the players to fit his system. But at the same time, you have to adapt. The be the be the people who are best in their in any field, not just coaching, but in any field, are the people who are able to adapt to what's in front of them and change and make the most of it. And he hasn't been able to do that, and so he does deserve uh, a, a good chunk of the blame. Larry, do you do you agree with Eric that Guillermo Barrascoloto hasn't had his players on this team? 
I'm not sure about that, but I just I just question his maybe his judge of talent. Um, you know, I, I go back to Bruce Arena. You know, when when Bruce Arena would bring in players, he knew exactly what he was getting. And with Scalotto, I'm not sure he knows what he's getting, even though some of these guys have have outstanding backgrounds, Chicharito, uh, guys like this. I just I I you know I really question whether he feels comfortable in Major League Soccer, even though he played in this league a number of years ago. I just question whether he's comfort, comfortable with these guidelines and restrictions. Um, I don't know. I just I shake my head. It's just why can't this guy make it work? Uh, Larry, name a name a player who has been a success for Guillermo Barish Coloto. Name a player who's been a success for Guillermo Barros Coloto. Wow. It's, Christ- it's Christian Pavone. It's Christian Pavone is the answer. Christian Pavone, sure, he's the obvious answer, sure. Sure. I mean, that's right. one that I he mean, did get right and that the organization did did get right. But then you just I don't know. <laughs> I'm just at a loss as to explain what's going on and why. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I mean, so so Eric, you know, you say he doesn't have his players, but you look at this, and outside of who, who do you consider not his players that are influencing this team as as much as you say they are? Well, uh, I think someone like Perry Kitchen, he, as well as he's been playing, he's not someone who was brought in uh, during that tenure. Uh, Sebastian Legette, even though he's, uh, you, you know, speaking of yes, we can, he's kind of been floating around that role and making things happen, but he's not uh, a Scalotto guy. Uh, if rumors are to be believed, it's possible that Chicharito Hernandez was not someone who was brought in because of GBS wanting to bring him, bring him in. So that's essentially, you know, your, your players. Then you have Daniel Stairs uh, and Nick Depew. Those are, have been your starting center backs for the majority of the season. They weren't brought in uh, by him. Uh, People Gonzalez was the one who was brought in by him, and then you saw how that panned out, so that goes back to Larry's judge of talent. Uh, you know, I, I think that, that that's a pretty big chunk. You see Pavone uh, has been the success story. That's the easy answer, the obvious answer. Someone like Fabio Alvarez was a, a, a hit or miss, and depending on who you want to believe, whether that was a GBS guy or, or a DTK guy, uh, in Sua could probably be considered. So, uh, I don't know that there's, yeah, I, I don't know that he has tons of guys that he's, he has his stamp on that, that came here specifically to play for him. Uh, Yanni Gonzalez mentioned that he came cause he knows who, who Shkoloto is. Um, but I, the, it's too, it's too early. The jury's still out on him to see if that's a success or not. One, Sebastian Legette was re-signed to a targeted allocation money deal under Guillermo Barrescoloto and Dennis DeClosa. Two, Nick DePew was promoted under Guillermo Barrescoloto and Dennis DeClosa. Um, let's see, who else can I say? I'd say Perry Kitchen is probably your 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 strongest argument there. Um, but you know, you look. Yeah, you're, you're, I stick with that one. That was that was the one that I was I was going for. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, there's there seems to be a lot of people who have. Um, who who aren't necessarily Scalotto guys, um, but at the same time, you know there seems to be enough talent. Larry, is there is there a lack of talent on this team? Do you see a hole in talent, or is this or are Galaxy fans making this what I consider a semi-talented roster? I don't think they're perfect. Um, better off in their heads than than really what they are. I don't know if it's a lack of talent, but it could be maybe the wrong talent. I go back to what Eric just mentioned about Chicharito possibly not not being wanted. You know, people have to realize with this team is it's always wanted to make a splash, whether it's signing David Beckham, who worked out, uh, Giovanni DeSantos. Yeah, Giovanni DeSantos was a washout. Steven Gerrard was a washout, even though he's a great guy, great in the locker room, great leadership. This team has always wanted to make a splash. And I think that's part of the problem about the talent level on this team. Well, the, okay, so that's an important point to follow up on. You're in Los Angeles. You've covered this team for a long time. Um, long time. Can can an LA Galaxy team be successful both on and off the field without flashy names in 2020, in 2021? Ooh, wow, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, I don't think I don't think this organization would want to do that. Um, not being in this kind, this size of a media market, one of the biggest media markets in 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 the world, and especially with another team just about 22 miles down the freeway, uh, getting all sorts of uh, attention now, um, I don't think this team would even want to try to field a competitive team without big names like maybe a Sporting Kansas City or somebody like that, just 
or New York Red Bulls is successful year in, in, in year out. I don't think the team would even want to want to try that. But they have to make the, the correct choices. They have to make the correct choices, not just go on gut instinct, but they have to make the correct choices. Eric, your uh, your response to that question, can the L.A. Galaxy go, quote unquote, small ball? Um, can they go and fill a team with South Americans or Central Americans uh, that aren't flashy names, but that put a good product on? And even if the team is winning, will people still show up? I say no. I think that's a, a harsh answer, but I think that's the truth. I think you need a big name to be relevant in the L.A. market. The, the Lakers just won a championship that with LeBron James. The Dodgers are constantly going to World Series. I think you need the big name to be successful off the field. Now, that's then that's a, that then becomes a different question that the front office needs to ask themselves. Do they care about relevance in the L.A. market and being successful off the field or do they want to be successful on the field? Because, you know, maybe it's a deal with the devil type of thing. So if you decide that you're going to play small ball and orchestrate a team that's going to be successful, but maybe doesn't necessarily have star power, you can win an MLS Cup and you create a little bit of buzz. And uh, if the team is winning, maybe people will show up. But growing up in Southern California and knowing Los Angeles, they, they love stars. You love your LeBron James. You love your Mookie Betts. The, you need a big name like that. You saw what happened with Zlatan, with how poor the Galaxy were in the seasons that he was here. But every game that he played was must-watch, and it brought people to the stadium, and they were leading off ESPN. He was going on late-night shows. It created a buzz around the Galaxy, and you need guys like that. So I don't think you could be successful off the field um, with, with without stars. So they, if you, they need to make a decision. Do they want to try that, or if it's, is that something that doesn't interest them? Um, fact checks, too. Um, Larry, first of all— checker. Yeah, live fact-checking going on. Uh, Larry, first of all, the distance between the two stadiums is around 12 miles, not 22. So I, was thinking from, miles. I was thinking from my house, which I'm is like sure. 22 miles. Because, because, of course, every, everybody knows that every, we measure distance from your house. That's how it works. Um, and then, Eric, I can't remember what the... I can't, Oh, oh, I remember what I was saying. I couldn't remember what my fact check was, but it is. It's an important one. Uh, attendance declined in Zlatan Ibrahimovic's second season with the LA Galaxy. How do you explain that? Because of they missed the playoffs. Because you need both they, in order they, for the rest made, of you to be successful. They, they made the playoffs in his second season. They missed the playoffs in the yeah. first season. Are you saying it carried over from the first season that the fact that the LA Galaxy no. didn't make the playoffs? What What are you saying? I'm saying that they, you're you're trying to paint me in a corner. I don't like your questioning, Your Honor. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think because they didn't make the playoffs, that's probably why they didn't carry over his second season. It went down. Correct. But I think uh, the second, yeah, the season, second went, season it went down, the year they made the playoffs. Exactly. So so the year that they made the playoffs, I would imagine that 2020 went up, correct? I, I mean, we, we'd have to check those numbers. And obviously, no, no. not. So his first season in 2019, <laughs> when they didn't make the playoffs, the numbers were higher than in 2020 when they made the playoffs. By the way, Steve Carrillo is going to come in and bail you out, and he goes, too many weeknight games. That's what it was. It was probably the weeknight games. They, they, listen, the numbers aren't off that far enough. I just wanted to paint you in a corner because it was fun. Um, okay. So um, is there uh, – yes, Mr. Larry Morgan, sir. Um, what I, just, I, I, just think, I just think people, people got tired of trying to spell Zlatan's last name. See, I, that wasn't a hard one. Christian Wilhelmsen still haunts me to this day, but we all know that I love him. That's, um, that's so a tough one. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get to uh, is is there between the two of you um, and I'll, I'll, I'll open this to, to Larry. You can follow. Is is there any way to save Guillermo Barros-Coloto if he wins out this season, uh, makes it to the playoffs? Is making the playoffs good enough for Scalotto to get his third year of his three year contract? Wow. Considering the money he's owed, which is what he's making him a million dollars in salary per season guaranteed. Um you know, I've gone back and forth on on this. I think if he makes the playoffs, I think he stays around. I do. Um, now, if they if they wash out against LAFC this Sunday, oh uh -huh. boy, I think he's maybe, out. Maybe he doesn't. All right, uh, <laughs> Eric. Uh, same question. Oh. To you. Can you keep Can you keep Guillermo Barish Galoto around? Um, if he makes it to the playoffs, um, or is he literally on a game by game as as Larry is suggesting? I think if he makes the playoffs, you keep him around. And it just I, I just get vibes from this year that the organization 
you know, barring a record-breaking losing streak, which may have happened, this last win against Vancouver may have, have saved GBS's job because I think expecting a win against LAFC this weekend, we'll get into our predictions later. That's a, that's a tall order to ask. So to say if he's done, uh, you know, if he loses, maybe if it's a it's a blowout, then that's that's a discussion that you could have. But I just have a feeling like even if he doesn't make the playoffs, like Larry said, that he's still owed money. It's, you know, he signed you a three-year contract. Maybe they can bring in other players and he's given one more chance at the beginning of next season. But if he goes on a losing streak next season, I think he's he's done. But I, I can see a picture where he, he sticks around for another year, even if they don't make the playoffs, If as long as they don't, you know, go, how, how many games are left? Four or five games left? If they don't lose the yeah, last yeah. four in a row, I think if, if they lose, you know, three out of the last four, I think he's gone. Uh, but if, if he goes 50-50, you know, they could say it was a rough season. There was a, a pandemic. There were a bunch of barriers. We're, we're going to give you one more chance next year. I could see that happening. Uh, following I, up now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Larry, go ahead. And plus, I, I think one thing working in the, in Glodos favor is Dennis DeClosa is a big, big booster of his too. And I think that really, I think that holds a lot of credence in what Glodos future is on this team. DeClosa is really uh, a big booster of his. If so, so going to Dennis to closer than Larry, um, if you're going to paint some of the faults and failures on Guillermo Barrascoloto, you have to also paint some of those faults and failures on uh, Dennis to Uh The general manager and the coach are really responsible. And, and I'll state this as a fact right now. They're the majority responsible for the lineups that you're seeing and the players that you're seeing on the field right now. We can argue whether or not Chris Klein and Dan Beckerman had a hand in bringing somebody in like Chicharito. Guess what? They did because nobody's going to spend that much money um, and not have a not have have the upper level management involved in that. If they're not involved in that, then why are they not getting involved in that at the same time? Um, we talk about meddling. We talk about things in the past that have sort of slowed those things down. Having said all of this, uh, Dennis DeCloso deserves some, some, some blame for what is going on. So uh, if Guillermo Barrascoloto gets fired, if the LA Galaxy don't make the playoffs, with which, by the way, the uh, the chat room has reminded me that like 80% of the teams in Major League Soccer are are making the playoffs this year. It's the lowest bar pretty much almost ever uh, in Major League Soccer. Um, and does we're so Dennis DeClosa? Yeah, and and yeah, it was, thank you. I'm still I'm still talking, sir. Let me please let me finish the question. Um, <laughs> if Den, is is Dennis DeClosa allowed to stay? Should he be allowed to stay? Uh, Larry, we'll we'll start with you on Dennis DeClosa. Well, this brings up a very, a very painful, uh, painful subject for me since I'm a huge Cleveland Browns fan. Uh, think of all the, think of all the front office reshufflings the Browns have gone through for the last my condolences, oh, sir. Last century or two. Um, if the head coach goes, the general manager has to go too, and you have to start all over again. It's a, it's an ugly cycle, but you have to start with some kind of a, with some kind of a clean slate. The GM and coach have to go. If Scalotto goes. The closer has to go as well. Cleveland Browns uh, out west, all over again. <laughs> it's not that bad, not yet. And Eric, I hate to uh, say that, Eric. I hope you reasonably disagree with Larry Morgan on this. If not, can you take over as moderator so I can disagree with him? Yeah. So uh, you know, my friend Sleepy Larry here. Uh, you know, this guy just wants to wipe everything clean. He wants you guys, you know, to go back into your bunker. So I'm going to have to disagree. I think uh, DTK. You, you look at the, 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 what he's brought and you, you can say that there have been failures of the players that he's tried to bring in. And I think going back to that level, you could say, is the talent level there? And I don't think the talent level is there. I think that, you know, you, you, the, there needs to be better players brought in and he just hasn't brought it. So I understand the frustration, but I also understand that there have been some things that have um, hamstrung him, hamstringed him. Uh, there are some Amstrung, barriers Amstrung. in his way. Hamstrung. There's some barriers that have been in his way with either you know pre-existing salaries that have been there, or uh, you know difficulties with salary cap rules. So there may have been some deals that I know he he's wanted to get done, but hasn't been able to get through. So you have to give a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. I think if you, I think he still deserves to get at least one more year to try to bring in some other players. But uh, I I think he's shown that he's had some swings and he's had some misses. And he needs an opportunity to to make that right. I think it's still very young in his tenure. When you look at someone like a coach, there's a direct correlation, and you could see exactly how it's interacting with the general manager. You you have a little bit more leeway with the type of players you're able to bring in. 
All right, we have our first we have our first lightning round question. Um, the LA Galaxy did not, and you have to raise your hand, and whoever raises their hand first, uh, I will answer. You have to wait till I'm done with the question. Uh, the LA Galaxy uh, did lose Zlatan Ibrahimovic after the 2019 season. Uh, there's lots of speculation of whether Zlatan wanted to stay or whether the LA Galaxy wanted him to go. Um, all those questions are probably pretty good. If Zlatan Ibrahimovic wanted to stay, should the LA Galaxy have re-signed him? Uh, I, I'll go with Larry, just because I had the box over Eric's face, so I couldn't see if he raised his hand in time. So, Larry, go ahead. Yes, I think the Galaxy should have re-signed him. Uh, I still think Zlatan Ibrahimovic is the greatest goal scorer in the history of Major League Soccer. But the thing is, with, with Zlatan, I think he grew tired of MLS. I think he grew tired of the... I, substandard level of play is kind of harsh, but I think he grew tired of of less talented players around him and facing him. I think for that reason, he wanted to go back to Europe, but I would have, if I was the galaxy, I would have tried my damnedest to make him stay. Uh, Larry, I, mean, I'd look, like look, to... I mean, look at what he did. 52 goals in 56 games. You kidding me? Can I mean, he was, he was, can we meet him? I he was a terror. Well, uh, Eric, please, please. No interrupting, sir. I'll, I'll give you time to <laughs> your, your chance to respond. Uh, Larry, uh, by the way, the, the 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 chat room has spoken. Um, I, I don't know if this is appropriate for me to release this close to the election, uh, but they're wondering why you don't have Twitter and what you're hiding, um, and and also about your Chinese <laughs> bank account. But we'll leave that for another I, time. No, sir, we're, we're done with you, sir. Thank you, uh, Mr. Eric. <laughs> Mr. Eric. Yeah, I, <laughs> go, again, go ahead. Release his, his his Twitter passwords. Um, yes. So so I think if 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 Zlatan wanted to stay. The Galaxy should have made an offer, but I, I'm going to have to agree with with Sleepy Larry here that I think Zlatan wanted to go. Uh, if if you want to call it a substandard level of play, you can. But Zlatan definitely thought it was a substandard level of play, and he wanted to go elsewhere. You see the way he talks about his AC Milan teammates and the league there, and the you could tell he talks about it differently. And whether that's fair or unfair, he felt that way, and I think he was ready to go. If he wanted to stay, and they wanted to make an offer. Uh, the single striker system, he makes magic happen. He scores goals. He, we had this argument. He misses sitters, but then he'll make the, the amazing, you know, goal, you know, scoring, you know, diving backwards with a karate kick. So he'll make up for, for maybe missing those easy ones and he'll give you that showstopper and he'll put the goals in the back of the net. He's the Galaxy single season all time leading goal scorer. So obviously, if you have an opportunity to bring him back, you bring him back. But I also think it's fair to say he, he didn't, he wasn't, uh, trying his best to hang around and stay here, which is also his MO. He's done that at basically every team he's gone to. Larry, 10-second follow-up. And what really upsets me about him going to AC Milan, that guy still has the birthday gifts I gave him. Yeah, he never he still returned has the cane. He still has the cane. The cane yeah, what, and, what and the got? reading oh, glasses. And the reading and glasses. The reading glasses. That's, that's how gifts work, Larry. When you give them, they, they keep those gifts. That's, that's what a gift means. Oh my God! I wish I could. Right. I wish I, I wish I could. I could. Uh, I could wrap that tie around your neck a little harder. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. No threats of violence. Uh, Christian Pavone's loan deal will end after this season. He has been valued at anywhere between ten and twenty million dollars. Mister Eric Vieira, if you are the LA Galaxy, what price would you pay for Christian Pavone, and should they try to keep him? Well, first of all, I'd like to say hello to our Argentine audience listening today. No se gente argentino. Te amo. Uh, you know, a little pandering there for, for, for Spanish-speaking audience. Uh, <laughs> um, Christian Pavone, I think, obviously, with the end, of, the end of the loan deal, $20 million, what they're asking, he's shown, if he was producing what he was when he was red hot constantly, every game, then you could say, okay, maybe he's a player that worth that, but that's worth that. But I think he's shown that he he's cooled off a bit. Maybe other teams have figured him out, or maybe he's not getting the support that he needs. He's not playing like a $20 million man, so I don't know that he's worth bringing back at that price. If they were able to work out a deal between that 10 and 13, that magic number, maybe it'd be worth it. But I think if they're not, if Boca Juniors is not going to not gonna budge on the $20 million, then you, you have to just cut your losses and maybe look at other options and say, who else is out there? Who else can we bring in? And this is where DTK is extremely important because knowing that Christian Pavone, you're not going to re-up him at 20 million. He should be looking now in in Europe, in South America, who's going to be that replacement? Because uh, if if Zlatan leaves, you saw the hole that it gives, and if Pavone is gone, there's going to be a huge hole there as well. So they need to fill that hole on the wing. 
Uh, sir, I also want to know your response to uh, these love letters I have from you to Joe Pedro and why you've been getting so much money from Portugal. Those are also questions that need to be answered, but not at this debate right now. Uh, Larry, same question. Christian Pavone, um, do you keep them if you can, and at what price are you willing to pay? I agree with Eric. He's not worth $20 million, but think of what this team would be like right now if it didn't have Christian Pavone. Uh, people kind of question why he's kind of dropped off a little bit. Well, it's obvious teams, opposing teams are keying on this guy, and they figure if we can shut this guy down, nobody else can beat us. Um, and that's that's part of the reason why the Galaxy, Galaxy is struggling. Nobody else has really responded to to this new pressure on Pavone. Is, is he worth $20 million? Of course not. And you aren't either, Josh or Eric. Um, oh, wow. But uh, – but but uh, I, w- I definitely would keep him. I definitely would try to, to resign. Um, I think uh, maybe maybe twelve fifteen million, but not 20. twelve or fifteen, but not twenty. All right, that makes some, that makes some sense yeah. in in some of those. Um, let's get to our final debate question of the night, um, or maybe we'll have a couple more. But this is my final one that I wrote down. We have some from listeners as well. Um, we go to Chicharito and clearly this is the topic that, that most fans are, are talking about. We're going to talk a little bit later in the show about the possible news that he could be on loan to achieve us, uh, down in Mexico. Uh, I'll call that fan fiction now and I'll explain it a little bit later. Um, but as we've seen, the LA galaxy played nearly $10 million in transfer fees for Chicharito. Uh, he makes a salary of 5 million plus bonuses that could take his salary into the $7 million range make him one of the highest paid players in Major League Soccer. You're the LA Galaxy. It's part of your job, Eric, as you've said, that you have to have stars and you have to have uh, performance in this. Uh, So when you're looking at the marketability of Chicharito and you're looking at the play that you expect to get, uh, what do the LA Galaxy do with Chicharito that can't score, that is currently benched by his head coach who doesn't trust him in anything more than a, than a one-striker um, formation. He doesn't trust him in a one-striker formation. Uh, and he's costing you roughly $15 million this year, and he still has another $10 million plus on his contract over the next two years after this year. Uh, so what do you do with Chicharito? See, this is a tough one because um, as, as hard as I've been on Chicharito and, and his play this season and just – it hasn't been there. You see the media all over him. You see fans all over him. And and part of it is deserving because he just he just doesn't have the goods this year. So my first reaction would be if you can get another team like Chivas de Guadalajara to come and they'll they'll take over his salary and they'll they'll take it from there and you could just release him and be done with it. Part of that seems appealing. Um, but on that same token, there's been so few games and because of the shortened season, I, I think it's it's cutting it's cutting out too quickly and, and pulling the shoot a little too soon. We talked about David Beckham being a success here and you even, you know, added when Larry said that eventually when David mm-hmm. Beckham first came, he wasn't setting the field on fire. He wasn't necessarily playing uh, for the crest uh, as, as they say, but he eventually came around and got there. And I'm hopeful uh, that Chicharito can see how this year went and could take an off season, get right mentally, get right physically come back and have a successful next season. I see a scenario where he can do that. If he comes back next season after having an off season, an opportunity to be settled and not have any changes to his family life and living without having to, you know, move to a new country and all of that and the hoopla around it, he can focus and he can come back and and get things right. I I think he deserves another chance. So you hold on to him. Um, But at the same time, if he comes back next year and he's out of shape, he's still unable to finish something mentally doesn't seem right. You have to look for other options. And it's really unfortunate because you saw with Giovanni Dos Santos, they had to buy out a contract with Alexander Katai. They had to buy out a contract. You can't just keep buying out contracts and letting these guys walk. At, at some point you have to hold on to what you got and, and hope, th- hope, th- hope that things work out. I, I'm hopeful that it can still work out for him. This year was just a, a really rough year for him. Larry, can can the LA Galaxy afford to wait on uh, Javier Hernandez uh, for this his second year? Can they afford to wait, as Eric has stated? Well, if there's one company they can't afford to do it, it's AEG. There's no question about that. Um, but in my opinion, I think in a non-COVID year, I believe the Galaxy would be looking around seeing if anybody's willing to take him on. Uh, but this is, as we know, this is a year that's been unlike any others in our lifetimes. 
Um, if he finishes the season with with what does he have now? One goal and a, one think, goal, or one is one goal and one assist, or something like that. One goal. I mean, I think it's almost a default that they'd have to keep him around just because they simply he's they simply have too much money invested in him. But in a non-COVID year, if I'm the Galaxy, I would I would be looking around to see if anybody would be willing to take him on. I mean, he let's face it, he, he came to this team this year out of shape. Uh, he's clearly unmotivated. Uh, and it's really surprising with the pedigree that this guy has with the background he has being the Mexico, uh, Mexico national team's all-time leading scorer. Uh, frankly, I've been shocked at his at his play. Um, I don't know. It's It just leaves me shaking my head. Uh, yeah, Eric, you wanted to follow? It's, it, the, to Larry's point, it's in there. It's in there somewhere. And so it you is. hope that it's not gone completely. <laughs> and so that that's the only the only thing. It is a possibility, and we've seen this happen with superstars that when you know when when they're washed up, they're washed up, and you just you hope that that's not the case. But this year, um, all signs point to that. But if if again, if if a team was able to offer their to pick up his salary, and the Galaxy didn't need to pay the tab on any of that, I could see that being appealing. But but um, there's there's I I don't see a team wanting to do that on his current form either. So I don't know how likely of a situation that is. And that's why that's fan fiction. Uh, in the chat room, Philip says uh, one way to motivate Chicharito would be to take away his PlayStation. Yes or no? Correct. Okay. Correct. I Correct. thought he, was, I thought he played the Xbox. I thought he played the Xbox. He, I, he, he does something. It might be PC. I, I really don't know. He's on Twitch all the time. Uh, by the way, that also him being on Twitch and playing with other Galaxy teammates like David Bingham and stuff like that uh, sort of flies in the face of I'm a diva and I don't like my teammates. Uh, maybe he just likes them online better than he likes them in person. Uh, maybe that's it. But also, uh, as I stated on Monday's show, right now, um, there's no indication that Chicharito is the diva that some people in the press have made him out to be. Um, but he certainly seems to be uh, a guy who's lacking motivation. Does benching him work? Larry, quickly, 10-second uh, answer. Does benching Chicharito work? I think I certainly think it did in, in, this, in this last game. He looked good in the last game off the bench. He did. He did. I liked it. I don't Eric, think he liked Eric, it, but I liked it. Eric, uh, same question you follow. Can you, if you bench Chicharito, how long does the benching work, and, and when does it stop working? It stops working after one game because you can't keep benching him. Eventually, you need to let him, uh, you know, he needs to start scoring goals. He's not going to score any goals on the bench. That's a scientifically proven fact. Believe in the science. You can't score if you're on the bench. Yes. All right. Good. Larry Larry disagrees with your science, by the way. I'm just telling you right now. Um, that was no, Larry was not doing science either. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, Larry was actually clapping for Eric on that, which is totally inappropriate in a debate, I would just like to point out. You're not supposed to like the other person. I don't know if that's if you've read the rules of the debate. Um, let's how go can, to... How can you not like Eric? How can you not like Eric? Oh, I don't like him all the time. I mean, maybe you don't <laughs> hang out with him enough. So I don't know. I want to know what's in that thermos. <laughs> you, no, you don't. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get to uh, just one of these questions um, regarding Jonathan Dos Santos, a designated player for the L.A. Galaxy. Um, he has been a designated player since he joined the L.A. Galaxy in the summer of discontent in 2017. Uh, he was the panic buy that the L.A. Galaxy sort of put in place. I would say he's actually been a fairly okay purchase overall, but he does take up a designated player spot. He's not on the high end of the designated player spots. He's actually on the low end. So uh, if given the choice, Eric, uh, would you tell Jonathan Dos Santos if he wants to continue playing with the LA Galaxy, he has to take a pay cut and become a TAM player? Or do you let him ride out the remaining years of a designated player contract and deal with that whenever it, uh, whenever it ends? Yes. I concede my yes. time to Mr. Larry Morgan. <laughs> All right, Larry, your, your question then. <laughs> yes. Uh, I concede my time back to Eric. No, um, okay. I would, uh, um. I would, I would, I would write it out with him. I mean, he's, I mean, as we've seen when he's healthy, when he's ready to go, he's too valuable of a player. Um, I would let him write it out as a, as a DP. That would be incorrect. Uh, the, the, so the correct actually, answer is yes. Yes. Eric, you were, you were saying, I was saying yes. If you have the opportunity to make him a Tam, you make him a Tam and try to free up that DP slot. Cause as, uh, he was solid last year, but this year you're not seeing it and you're seeing signs of a possible drop off. So if you can get him down to Tam, which again is a fantasy scenario, because we said that same thing with Alessandrini 
and he wasn't willing uh, to take that pay cut. So, he, you know, Dos Santos might not be willing to take that pay cut as well. So, but I, I don't, I think that DP slot is very important and I don't know that Jonathan Dos Santos has, is playing at a DP level right now or has shown signs that his game is going to improve over the next, you know, two or three seasons. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be uh, an interesting one. Uh, one of the ways that you could get Jonathan Dos Santos to take that pay cut and average it out is to give him a contract extension um, at a lower rate and have it average under the targeted allocation money ceiling. Uh, that's probably doable with, I think, one more year left on his contract, so it would average into the year um, as you go. So there there might be an opportunity and an ability to do that. All right, uh, I think that does it for our debate. Is there any uh, any closing statements from, from Mr. Larry Morgan that you would like to give? Closing statement, Larry? No. No, 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 sir. No, no, sir. No, sir. Okay. Eric, do you have a closing no. statement that you would like to, to give? Every, we still have more show to go. We're not going to like go anywhere. I, was gonna I just want to get the yeah. tight shot where I look directly into the camera. Say, all right. Well, fans. We, I, we, I been, okay. All right. We, we can, we can <laughs> do the tight shot. Do we, do I, uh, let's, let's try it. Let's at least try it one more time. We have to give a little bit of a heads up, but let's see. Uh, go ahead, Eric. You can, you can address the, the country now, the galaxy nation. Galaxy fans. We've been through a lot. In the last five, six years since winning an MLS Cup. We've not been back to the promised land. We've been through a losing streak. We've seen star players come through. We've seen star players come through and score goals. We've seen star players come through and fizzle out. Things need to be righted again. We need to fix what's wrong with this galaxy. Yes, we can. Let's get a central attacking midfielder who's in there pulling the strings, being the maestro to make this team great so we can return back and earn that sixth MLS Cup. All right, there we go. Uh, end of the debate, and, and make sure it, the the one sort of joke that we that we won't sort of uh, pull on this is that uh, everybody really should go out and vote. Um, you know, the the news across the galaxy guys put out this uh, this T-shirt that I'm wearing, um, and it says "Real G's vote." So make sure you go out and vote. I already voted. Um, I'd just like to point out, I'm done. Um, so, so I'm there. Uh, I would hope that all of you do as well. And, you know, in joking around with this stuff, we realize that, uh, there's a pretty big election going on and that if you want your voice heard, you, you kind of need to vote. And, uh, and so that's our, our message from all of our, our tomfoolery, uh, for the first, you know, 45 minutes of the show. Um, but we appreciate everybody sort of hanging in there and having a, having a good time with everybody. Um, by the way, Hammer, the last question we got was, uh, are you going to denounce, uh, or will you denounce black and gold supremacy? Will you denounce black and gold wow. supremacy? Yes, absolutely. There's no place in Los Angeles for any black and gold kits unless they are Punjab blue that are mistaken for black. Yes, that's that would be the correct answer. Uh, that is the correct color coordination, by the way, if you ever want to know what the LA Galaxy's black and gold kits were that happened. Uh, was it 2011? It was 2011 whenever those kits came out. Um, on the on the roof of the Grammy Museum uh, for people who were there. I was there. I remember that. Um, so that's when they debuted say, those. But that... A lot of people if, like if those, too. Show, and if, yeah. if you're on the show long enough, every time we talk about those, Josh will tell you that he was on the roof and he was there for the, the Grammy Museum. Grammy Museum, and that Christian Wilhelmson was the reason the LA Galaxy won the MLS Cup in 2012. Was that... Yeah, that, I think that was it. Yep. Charlie okay, good. The, now we got out of those. And Charlie Rugg was rookie. It should have been rookie of the year. because These are all the good things. Um, I'm glad we got through that. All right, uh, let's get a little bit to the LA Galaxy now and the schedule that they have remaining. Um, they will play LAFC on Sunday. Reminder, ABC game over the air, 12.30 p.m. There's no there's no excuses. Unless you don't have a television, there's no excuses for not watching this game. For once, there's not an argument. And by the way, the midweek game against the Portland Timbers on ESPN, that is also no excuses. You should be able to find those ones. So, so we're, you're getting there. Um, and, uh, then you have spectrum for real salt Lake and then it's Vancouver Whitecaps, um, in there. And there's a, there's a, um, uh, Seattle Sounders game in there as well. My, my schedule that I have that I have uh, left there always leaves that one out because it was a rescheduled game. So um, we have that as well. So those are the games that the LA Galaxy, um, you know, are coming up to um, in terms of, uh, of what they still have to play. So, um, Eric, if we're looking at this schedule right now, and uh, obviously LAFC on Sunday, you have Portland uh, midweek. Uh, the weekend is RSL, then midweek with Seattle, uh, and then you have Vancouver. If you go through and you look at those games, how many games do you expect this LA Galaxy team to win? Five I games. Expect them to, five games. I expect them to win two. two and I think which, they can draw one. So, so I think so they. I think high probability they lose this weekend. I think away at Portland midweek, short short week traveling away to Portland. I think they lose that one. I think RSL at home is an opportunity to get three points. 
I think with Seattle traveling midweek, it's a possibility to earn a draw, and they may need a win if they want to make the playoffs. And I think Vancouver, even though it's away uh, to to Portland, to Providence Park, I think Vancouver, they've shown that they can beat them. So they can get two wins, but if they want to make the playoffs, I think they need three wins. And that uh, when Seattle's on the road, that's the opportunity to try to steal those three points. Larry, um, if you if you look at this schedule, is there any get which 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 game would you guarantee a win? Is it against LAFC? Is it away to Portland? Is it home to RSL? Is it home to Seattle? Or is it away to Vancouver, which is actually in Portland? I don't think any of them are guaranteed wins, not with this team. <laughs> and if, I if, I think <laughs> I I think the uh, one thing that 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 the Galaxy have to keep in mind with this upcoming with this upcoming schedule, with the exception of the Vancouver game, these other teams are not Vancouver, which clearly was not, is not, a good team. And the Galaxy had to go 90-plus minutes to beat those turkeys. Um, I don't think there's any guaranteed wins in these. But I, I agree with Eric. I think they can win two of them. Uh, I think asking for any more than that is a little bit wishful thinking. But I just, I, I hope the Galaxy don't rest on their laurels and just you know, go haphazardly into these, into these, into these uh, meetings. But I, if they win two of them, I think they can consider that an accomplishment. But I don't plus, think anything guaranteed with this team. Plus 1,000 Audi index points for calling the Vancouver uh, team turkeys, by the way. I would just like to point that out. Um, well, I would have called them something say, else, but I can't use that language. Yes, I, I run on a Believe All Turkeys platform, so I vehemently disagree with it, with the oh, name call. Obviously. Obviously, uh, Chicharito. The the rumors out there right now is that there could possibly be a loan or a sale to Chivas de, de la Guadalajara. Um, there's, there, yeah, I'll just tell you. Listen, people are writing this article, and I keep trying to find like the sources of this stuff, and it's just it's circular. It's nothing there. I mean, I talk to people, and they're like, "Yeah, that would be nice." And you know, you can dream in big, big, you know, giant puffy clouds, and maybe you know, maybe you could have a castle in the sky. And what else? Maybe a unicorn would fly through that uh, before Chicharito gets loaned out with as bad as he's been playing. Um, and that really comes down to it. And we've talked about this before. And it doesn't matter whether you're the most expensive player on a team or, you know, the least expensive player. It's hard to find a place for you. It's hard to find a place for Jurgen Shelvick. Uh, it's hard to find a place for Michael Ciani whenever nobody wanted Michael Ciani. Um, you know, it's hard to find a place for these guys that you don't want. Um, you not wanting a player usually means they're not in demand anywhere else. Now, AEG can sometimes pull magic uh, out of a hat and use a team that they have somewhere else to sort of hide players and stuff players uh, for a little while. They pulled some magic with Joao Pedro. They pulled some magic with Jorgen Shelvik. Um, and so there's a possibility in that eventually. But uh, when we look at what the LA Galaxy have invested in Chicharito so far and whenever they're going to go to, I think, the extreme of uh, firing a head coach, um, and and maybe even firing people in a higher up places. Remember, uh, at the game on Sunday, Dan Beckerman was there. Chris Klein was there. Uh, Dennis DeCloso were there. They were walking on the concourse. They were walking around. Dan Beckerman doesn't show up to games on a very regular basis. So seeing all those people there was, was a sign that something was up, whether they were all trying to figure out how to save their own jobs, uh, was certainly probably part of the, the agenda, uh, but we'll see what the rest of it is. Yeah, Eric, what do you, you want to add? I was, to, to your point, if Guillermo Barcelona is owed a million dollars, it's easier to pay that million dollars than if Chicharito is owned five million plus or, or however many the length of the contract, whatever you'd have to pay to buy him out. So if if GBS can't make him work in the lineup, you try to bring in another coach who can make Chicharito work in the lineup. So so you're absolutely right that if if you're if you're going to get rid of one or the other, Chicharito or GBS, GBS unfortunately just coming down to how much you're paying them would be first on the list to get rid of and try to bring someone else who, who can make that roster work. By the way, uh, Bob going hard in with uh, studs up on me for my Guadalajara uh, uh, yeah, pronouncement. There. It, it was, yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. He was absolutely <laughs> correct. He a hundred percent. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'll, I'll try, I'll try harder. I can still say Alohense. Does that count for anything? No, it doesn't. I learned it forever ago. And it's never going to help. Um, just a white boy trying to, trying to live. That's all. Um, all right, let's go to um, to a little bit more information as we as we come down here. Um, the roster as it's set right now uh, has 28 players on it. Um, I know there was a lot of sort of there were some indications that people wanted to see um, Augie Williams come up from Galaxy 2 and sort of get a chance on this team. He had a very successful year in USL. Um, he was the second leading uh, goal scorer in uh, the USL championship division. Uh, so he had a lot of things going for him. 
it seems that at least as of today, and I, this could always change right now, it doesn't seem like the LA Galaxy have any ch- have any um, plans on bringing him up. And I think that's a mistake. Um, if there's a way, unless there's some sort of uh, you know transfer issue that's going to be an issue or, or, or something else that, that I'm not aware of, which, by the way, you can transfer people up from USL to MLS, it works. Um, unless the Galaxy don't have a roster spot, which in my calculations they seem to, uh, Augie Williams should certainly um, be called up into this team and either be the starting striker, if you're not going to start you know, Chicharito, or be a second striker in a two-striker formation. Um, you know, Being a little bit smarter about the midfielders that the LA Galaxy have in place in the center of the field, um, and with their speed, you can still play a 4-4-2, but you need somebody like Jonathan Dos Santos back, um, maybe somebody like Joe Corona, and it seems that at least right now, the indication is Joe Corona will be available for the LAFC game, that Jonathan Dos Santos will be available for the LAFC. Those are the indications right now. The LA Galaxy are holding media availability on Friday um, at around noon. So we should know more information, and some of those questions should be asked and answered um, on Friday. Um, we're recording on Thursday night, so it's just a, a day after this, which, of course, means there'll be all sorts of breaking news. Maybe Guillermo Barroscoletto doesn't even show up for the uh, press conference. That would be nice uh, after doing all this work. But anyway, that's where we sit. I think it's going to be a mistake uh, for the Galaxy to do that. Let's um, to, to not call up Augie Williams. Uh, transfer window, by the way, still open until October 29th. We talked about it on Monday, uh, about how the LA Galaxy and other MLS teams are having difficulty because of COVID-19 getting uh, getting meetings, getting uh, appointments for players to come in and uh, and do their uh, their stuff at the American consulates overseas. So it's not even a matter of just uh, of making the transfer paperwork go through. That's easy, but the visas coming into the United States are ridiculously difficult to get right now. And so I would expect the LA Galaxy don't make any more move, moves um, and let this transfer window go away. COVID-19 is certainly the reason for that, and I'm not sure that you can blame them overall but they did get one player in and you saw how long it took and just trying to do that anymore i mean you might miss the rest of the season if that was the case so um all those things having been said uh i I think the la galaxy stand pat uh where they are um and we'll see uh how that sort of goes all right uh the standings uh larry my question to you is the la galaxy currently sit in 24th position uh out of 26 teams in major league soccer are they better than their record? Are they worse than their record? Or is their record an accurate reflection of the way they've been playing? I think the record's an accurate reflection of the way they've been playing. <laughs> I mean, the results certainly indicate that. I mean, there's no getting around that this team stinks. It does. I mean, even the win over Vancouver was not impressive, was not was was not a glorious statement as to how this team can play. Uh, I think it's an accurate reflection of where this team, where this team is, where this team stands. Eric, a long, there, long way to go to the top. Eric, is there any uh, is there any chance that this Galaxy team strings together four or five wins and all of a sudden they, they shoot up there? Or, or is Larry right? They're sort of right where they probably should be. This is going to be the second week in, the, in a row that we bring up Denny Green. They are who we t- thought they were. This this yeah. is their, their record indicates exactly how they've been playing and where they deserve to be. So uh, I mentioned looking at the schedule. I think if they get seven points that puts them at 25 points i don't know if that's good enough for a play it might it might get that eighth spot and depending what happens with colorado um it's a possibility seven points could get them there so i think if they win two games maybe three games you know with nine points 27 points i think they squeak into the playoffs so uh i think it's possible but they, they need to turn turn things around and just given you know we thought well the game's in the bubble that's not who the team was but during the four game win streak, but during the four game win streak, they went on the six game lose streak. So that's they weren't the team on the win streak. So are they the team on the losing streak? I think they've had more losing streaks than winning streaks. So that tells you that they sh- they, they're at exactly where they should be. Uh, if you look at them right now, we're points per game. There are actually one, two, three, four, five teams that are worse than them on points per game. So DC United is worse, FC Cincinnati, Inter Miami, Atlanta United, and the Houston Dynamo. So technically, not even in the basement on the Western Conference. Uh, the lack of games and certainly the Colorado games and all the things that have sort of uh, hinted at that, um, you know, it, it's been it's been you don't know how they're going to finish and they may end up going on points per game. The points per game give a little bit better of a view right now to the LA galaxy, but not much. Um, it's something I I was going through. Um, I was going through some stats today whenever I was putting together all of the GBS and Bruce arena era and that type of thing. And I got back to 2009 
And it's really interesting because if you go back to 2009, there are a bunch of teams that played 32 games. And then there's the LA Galaxy who played 33 games. Um, and so there's a weird little, little thing. And I don't remember what it was in 2009, but you go back and you look at what is happening with the LA galaxy and the number of games and the number of teams, by the way, I think the LA galaxy are playing the fewest amount of teams in the league. I think they played eight teams this whole season. Uh, some teams have played 13 or 14 teams this season. The LA galaxy have played eight. Um, so it's really a weird um, sort of uh, of time to be an LA Galaxy fan and to watch the LA Galaxy and cover them because um, it's just hard to to stack them up against other things that are not equal. Um, and this year has been not equal. I know there's a whole bunch of people who have been sort of you know railing on the supporter shield uh, for for the people who are in charge of the supporter shield saying that they didn't want to issue it. They they were right whenever they started that they shouldn't issue a supporter shield. But quite honestly, maybe the supporter shield shouldn't exist anymore because there hasn't been a ballot schedule since 2011. Um, so you know all those things. You know it's the same thing about the wooden spoon. So should you really? present a wooden spoon when it really matters more what group you were in more than you know what your actual record was in uh, in in this this tournament it almost feels like a world cup where there's groups of death um and if you're in a bad group that you're just not going to have as good of results and that's what we're seeing one with the LA galaxy i'm not saying the galaxy should be a ton better than where they are but they're probably two or three or four or five points better if they're not playing these same teams um, that they had. Seattle is one of them. Portland is good. LAFC, uh, you know, the Galaxy have gotten two wins against them. It's kind of hard to imagine that that that's, you know, the real the real sort of um, uh, ugly side of that. Um, San Jose is a team that always plays the LA Galaxy tough. So, um, you know, you can sort of look at some of the teams that they played and said, you know, the Galaxy maybe got a little bit unlucky in there, but I'm with Larry. I'm with you. Uh, this team is not great. So, um, I, I'm, not so I'm not so sure that we should be that's defending them kind. all that much. I was going to say, and yeah, if, if you gave people the opportunity to speak, you said what I was going to say as well is about, about the group of death. Uh, when you look at the top four teams in the West, Seattle, Portland, SKC, and then LAFC, if you look at the Galaxy's cohort, having Seattle and Portland and LAFC, they're, they're playing the top teams in the West multiple times. Cincinnati's not on the schedule. Nashville's not on the schedule. They didn't get a chance to play Inter-Miami, who's been a bottom dweller. Uh, Atlanta with how horrible their season. So they're not getting those cracks at those lower level teams. So that's why you see the points per games is so low as well is because the teams they are playing are, are the better of the teams. And that's, that goes back to that balanced schedule thing. So you're right. It's they're in, they're in a group of death in this season. Uh, again, I'd like to point out the LA galaxy under Bruce arena got a point more than 75% of the times, at least a point out of a game, 75% of the times the LA galaxy under the three head coaches and one interim coach right now, only 54.6% of the time. That's a huge, huge difference. You want to know why Bruce arena was, was good is because the games where they didn't play well, they still got a point. Um, and that speaks to, I think a, a lot of things. Um, just in terms of the quality and the depth that Arena was able to put in that the LA Galaxy have not had in any form, in any way, since really 2016. Even the 2016 team was deeper than the 2017 team, the 2018, 2019, 2020. Um, so there's uh, there's a lot of work to be done. All right, let's get to our LAFC preview, and then we'll, we'll get on out of here. Um, the LA Galaxy playing at LAFC. This is the fourth meeting between these two teams. You remember LAFC won the first one in 6-2 fashion. Uh, the LA Galaxy then won, I think, 3-0, then 2-0, um, and I may have flipped those because I'm trying to remember my head, um, and now they come to the fourth meeting between these two teams. One is I'm, I'm getting sick of it. Um, two is this game's on ABC, it's on over the air and it's at 1230 PM on a Sunday. So it's prime time over the air. It doesn't get much better than this. So, uh, if the LA galaxy were to be embarrassed at bank of California stadium on prime time television in the middle of a Sunday afternoon, um, there is, uh, there, there could be some severe repercussions, I think for coaching staff and, and all along. So, uh, this is a game to watch, not just for the on the field results, but also for what happens off the field if things go sideways. Uh, Larry, I can't imagine that you're very optimistic that this LA galaxy team, um, goes into and plays LAFC in their house and, and gets a, get, and walks away with a win again. I agree with you. You know, what really upsets me about about this series between these teams, especially this year, the COVID year, is just, you know, I miss I miss the atmosphere of these meetings the way it used to be. I mean, who can forget the first ever or the meeting when uh, when Zlatan had it, or he made his first appearance on MLS 
you know, I've covered a lot of sporting events in my years as a sports writer, and I cannot remember an atmosphere as electric as it was that afternoon at what was it called then? Uh, it, it was Home still Depot Digging Hill Sport Park. It was still, no, okay, it, was still, it wasn't that long ago. It, it, was, it, it wasn't David Beckham okay. era. Well, I mean, you know. Uh, yeah. But I, but I just missed that, that atmosphere. It's almost like they're playing in the old Cone of Silence and the old Get Smart TV series. Um, am I optimistic about this Sunday? Not particularly. I see LAFC winning 3-2. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eric, have you been optimistic at any game this season whenever the Galaxy played LAFC? And therefore, <laughs> can we really say we understand and predict what, what can happen? Yeah. First of all, Larry is not polling with the younger voters with the Get Smart reference in the Kona <laughs> Silence. So I just want to point that out. I apologize. Uh, the, the second. I apologize. <laughs> Um, the, the second thing, yeah, every single game that we've gone into against LAFC, we've been expecting the worst waiting, uh, the result that in the bubble was probably the only time where we've said, yeah, we, we, we saw that result happening. That, that wasn't that shocking when it happened. Um, but so, but you're absolutely right. The atmosphere at these games is, is the part that I miss the most, uh, during El Trafico's, I, I couldn't keep my shirt on and that's, uh, my shirt has been on during every single one of these El Trafico's. So maybe, maybe that's an indictment. I shirt, Eric. <laughs> so, but, but. The, the one counterpoint that I have is uh, however many times they've played each other and however old you think the rivalry is getting, when they get on the field and the game starts happening, that excitement is there. I, I've still been excited at every game that's happened, even the, the drubbing in the bubble. I was I still got up and I was excited and ready for that game to happen. And, and even though we're, we're not as optimistic this time around, just like we haven't been optimistic almost every time they've played um, – you know, you still get excited. Once the ball gets going, you say, okay, I don't like these rivals. I want to beat them. And it, it still means something. So uh, as diluted as they've made it, to me, every time that's on, it still means something. And and you just have to hope that maybe that mental, whatever that mental edge is that Zlatan, uh, you know, put in there in the back of LAFC's heads when they know the last two games that they've played, they haven't been able to beat the Galaxy you have to hope that maybe that's still there and that they, they have to overcome that mental piece and maybe the Galaxy can, can sneak up on them and maybe we get another another Ethan Zubak uh, goal or something 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 odd to, 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 to kickstart things because these games have not been traditional. So uh, not optimistic, but at the same time, maybe there's that little glimmer of hope, uh, like 538 has them at 21%. Maybe there's a 21% chance, I think that's accurate, that something crazy could happen. But uh, LAFC with a 60% chance to win, you have to... You have to lean that way. So as bad as the Galaxy have been doing, that's where I'm leaning. But we've, we've seen them prove us wrong before. LAFC is questionable in terms of defense. Um, LAFC is is a team that lost to Vancouver not too long ago. Uh, they had a, a a better draw, I think, against Portland. Um, just it was more of a lucky draw at the, at the end there. But it was still I mean, look at the LA Galaxy getting lucky and scoring the 93rd minute with uh, with Kai Kareniak. Um, so so there's that as well. The LA Galaxy currently hold 180 minutes of scoreless soccer against LAFC. The last two games, they've kept them off the board, which after allowing six goals is a, is a good thing. So Galaxy, um, you know, doing OK in that. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the one thing and I think Kevin said it on Monday is that, you know, the Galaxy, for whatever reason or not, for whatever reason we know, but they get geeked up for for these these games. Uh, this is a rivalry game. This is like if you if you follow college football, it's the games where you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. It's a rivalry game. Anything and everything will happen um, in this game and you can't predict it and you can't try to understand it. All you can do um, is sort of, you know, just watch and, and hold on for the ride. Uh, I, I second Larry's uh, discussion about, you know, just the atmosphere and what it was like that first day with Zlatan and what it has been like since and subsequently. And I was there whenever the LA Galaxy, you know, beat LAFC the second time at Dignity Health Sports Park in an empty stadium. And there was still something about that game that had some electricity to it. So um, I would expect it. We are, and I'll, I'll just say it again, I think right now we're expecting that Jonathan Dos Santos will be available. I think we're expecting that Joe Corona uh, will possibly be available. I think that we're expecting that Rolf Felcher will be back as well from quarantine. Um, and I think we're expecting that Yoni Gonzalez is going to be there. And I can say that because I can say expecting because we haven't had a press situation to be able to find out the status on those guys. And that will happen on again Friday at about uh, about mid noon uh, noonish or so. So you can look for reports on Twitter to start coming out around that time. So uh, that's it. If you had to give a prediction, Larry, I think you already did, but but give it again just that way everybody can point at you and laugh when you're wrong. Um, what is uh, what is your prediction for the LA Galaxy versus LAFC game? LAFC 3-2. LAFC 3-2. Eric, your prediction for this game? 
Uh, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to say it's a draw. 2-2 two, 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 two draw. 2-2 two, two draw. All right. I will say that the LA Galaxy win this game 2-1 to one for no reason other than I am voting for total chaos. Total chaos. A sprint to the finish. GBS trying to hold on to his job. Chicharito coming off the bench, scoring goals. I just give it, give it to me all. I just want craziness. I want storylines. I want the unexpected. I want things that are difficult to explain via words. Yes, Larry. Does Chicharito score the game winner? Oh, why not? I mean, come on. If we're gonna be ridiculous, <laughs> why, not? why not? You know, as 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 hard as I've been on Chicharito, and I'm 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 on I'm with everyone who who has the pitchforks and the and and is is holding the torches. But if he's uh, nothing would delight me more than him getting a game winner. That would just mm-hmm. be so poetic and so 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 great if something like that happened. It's, by the way, which Chicharito, means it's not going to happen. By the way, Chicharito's first El Trafico, right? Because he hasn't played in any of the other mm-hmm. ones that have been played so far. So this would be his first one uh, coming back. And so we'll see who LAFC ends up getting back. I know they had some internationals that they I think they're expected their internationals to be back as well. Um, I you know I, I haven't heard anything on Carlos Vela, but being I haven't heard anything, I would imagine that he's he's not playing um, and still not back. So so that's not happening. Um, so anyway, so that's where we sit. LA Galaxy versus LAFC game is at 12.30 p.m. Pacific time. Game is on ABC over the air. Um, so make sure you get that on Sunday, October 25th. Almost done with October here. Just a couple games into November as well. So Galaxy getting ready to wrap everything up. About five games left in this season. And, uh, you know, race for the playoffs, which they're not that far away from spots in the playoffs, but a race for the playoffs incoming as well. So uh, anything else you guys want to talk about or, or can we start to, to get on out? Larry, last closing words. You have 10 seconds. Well, seeing how this team, seeing what this team faces in the road they, they face toward making the playoffs, as Bon Scott once saying it so perfectly, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. It's a long... I don't even know. There's your Larry, episode title. There, there's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Okay, I'll, I'll get you to text me that whenever we're, we're done. All right, so uh, that's what we have. Eric, uh, why don't you tell people where they can find you, and then I'll tell people where they can not find Larry. All right. As always, you can find me on Twitter at HammerEV. You can also find me on Instagram at GalaxyProfile. That's Galaxy, P-R-O-F-O-U-L. All right. If you're looking for Mr. Larry Morgan, he's not on Twitter. Uh, he is on our Discord on occasion. We can almost, you can you can add him there. I'm not sure he ever checks anything, but you can check him for there. Uh, and obviously he's writing for Corner of the Galaxy. You can, he does some great jobs, some great stories on Corner of the Galaxy. Larry's great. And he's a great sport for letting me call him old all the time. So we, we like Larry and Larry's fun. Uh, all right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jake Esman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast, cornerofthegalaxy.com, all of our podcasts, all of our news stories. All right there. Galaxy versus LAFC, El Trafico number four of 2020, the COVID one, uh, coming up on Sunday, October 25th, 12.30 p.m. at ABC. All right, for Eric, the Portuguese hammer for Larry Morgan, not on Twitter, I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Vote, everybody. See ya. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.